0: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an Ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for Not Parent Expected or Non-Paternal Event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 37 and today I'm talking to Patrice. Hi Patrice.
1: Hi Lily, very excited to be here.
0: <laughs> Thank you for doing this. I was just rereading your your story and it sounds like you
1: have a host of NPEs in your family. I absolutely do, and I think even since we spoke last, I have discovered more m p s in my family. oh my gosh, okay yes. <laughs> well,
0: let's, let's get into it so everyone else knows what we're talking about. Why don't sure. you go ahead and start from the beginning and and uh, let me know
1: what your original family was like? Sure, absolutely. so I was um born and I was born in in Alberta in Canada I'm actually from my family's from the East coast, so I was the actually the second child born to my mom. Uh, my mom had placed a, a child up for adoption before I was born, um, which I didn't actually learn about until I was a teenager. But in my original family, it was myself um, and my mom and my dad that raised me. And then when I was about six years old, uh, my parents had my sister. Uh, so I have a, a younger sister. And uh, that was uh, it. So it was just the two of us and my, my parents And um, it was a bit of a rough, we definitely had a rough childhood. Um, My dad was a super great guy. He was, you know, give you anything, anything that you needed in life. Um, But he had a drinking problem and he had some early traumas in his life that caused him um, to be quite abusive. So uh, growing up was a weird mix because we had great memories, lots of fishing and hiking and hanging out with our families. And we spent a lot of time with our families growing up um but there was also a lot of turmoil uh that happened in our home uh that caused for you know trauma for myself my sister my mom my dad all of us um so we we definitely dealt with a lot of of trauma growing up um other than that I spent a lot of time with my paternal um or dad that raised me I suppose <laughs> uh his family so I'm I'm very close and still to this day I'm quite close to um all of my Paternal side of my family from my dad that raised me. So growing up, because of the turmoil that happened in my house, um, I tended to spend a lot of time away from my house. So I spent a lot of time with my, um, my BCF's uh, parents, so my grandparents on my dad's side of the family, and also aunts and uncles on that side of the family. We were close to my mom's side of the family as well, but um, for sure my my go-to is, uh, is my dad's side of the family. And so um, during my high school years, my parents split up. Um, my, my sister chose to live with my mom, and I chose to live with uh, the dad that raised me. And, uh, and I lived with him for, for a few years. Um, he spent some time in and out of jail. So I ended up spending a lot of time you know, either alone or, or with my family members. And, and you know, in all honesty, without those family members, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Um, they understood my dad's trauma, Um, you know, he was part of their family. And that's kind of where some of the trauma started is, is that my dad had always been told that his father wasn't his father. Um, And so that's kind of what led me on this path of DNA discovery. Actually, Um, my dad passed away in November of 2018. And uh, shortly after he passed away, we found out um, my aunt had taken a DNA test and she had found out that she has a half brother. Um, and so this was the first NPE in our family, our half, uh, my half uncle. So when my dad passed away in November, um, we had him cremated. And then we live in Alberta now In uh, we're from the east coast of Canada. So in August of last year, we decided to take my dad's ashes to Nova Scotia. To bury them at my grandparents gravesite. Um, And just before I left, we had actually found out about this new uncle that we had, who happened to be my grandfather's son. Um, He had had a baby before he married my grandmother that nobody in the family ever knew about. Um, And so when my aunt did her DNA test, she discovered a half uncle. And when I was in Nova Scotia this summer, uh, my sister and I burying our dad, We actually got to meet our new uncle. Um, And so it was really exciting to meet a new family member. Um, While I had done that, I had actually sent off my DNA test right before we left. And so when we got these results, we always knew that there was a possibility that my grandfather wasn't my dad's. So we did the test thinking that if our new uncle Robert showed up on our DNA results, then we would know for sure that. My, gra- my my grandfather uh, was my grandfather, or, you know, or he wasn't. And so when we got the results back, or when I got my results back, um, that was the first discovery was that I was not related to my new uncle, which then made it pretty obvious, uh, at first, that my dad was an NPE. Um, oh, I should, I guess I should backtrack there is I did the ancestry test, but my my sister actually did the 23andMe test, so we, we expected to have a match on one or the other because my uncle had done both um, because he was adopted. So when the results came back, that was the first thing I noticed. Um, now, over the years, my dad, uh, we had been estranged for most of my adult life. Um, he just He wasn't able to deal with the traumas that he had in his earlier life, and his drinking was a big concern. Sometimes when my dad was drinking, uh, one of the things that he would tell me is that I wasn't his daughter. Um, he would tell the same thing to my sister, but I think it's more so me he, when he was drinking, he would tell me that. Um, now, when I was 14 years old, um, I overheard my parents fighting and I heard them talking about the fact that my mom had a child that wasn't my dad's. And I took that information and I kind of internalized it. And the next time he got in, and we got in an argument, I said, you know, you're not my dad anyway. So what does it matter? And, and I ran away from the house and, and I went to, you know, I, I went to cool off. My dad came to find me and asked me why I thought that I was not his daughter. And I said, well, I had, I had overheard you talking. And so I know that I'm not yours. And. That's when I actually found out that my mom had had uh, a a baby previously, a son, that she had placed for adoption uh, when she was younger. So my dad assured me, you know, you're my kid. I was there when you were born. I love you. You're my kid. Um, And so that was when I was young. So there had always been some question as to whether I actually was his child. Um, My sister looks exactly like my dad. And I look more like my mom, or so I thought. So we would always tell people, every time people met my sister and I, she's got red hair, I have brown hair. They'd say, are you sure you're sisters? And we'd say, yes, absolutely. She is, uh, you know, she looks like my dad and and I look like my mom. And so even my husband didn't believe that we were full siblings. Um, But the question was always there. But I think I really honestly thought that he just said it because he was upset. so when I got the results back, the main, like I said, the main reason that I did the DNA testing was to find out if my dad was an NPE. Um, and so I was quite shocked when I opened my records. Uh, it was August 30th. I'll never forget. We had been home for, for two weeks from burying my dad. And my results came in on a Saturday. And so I opened the results. And the first thing I looked at, of course, as everybody does, is, is their breakdown of where their family comes from. And my family, I knew, came from the Czech Republic. Uh, Many stories of my paternal side of the family traveling overseas, and we still had the, the trunks at the house that they sent all their belongings in. So I thought, oh, that's weird. But, you know, not really, of course, looking too much into it. I decided to take a look at my DNA matches. And when I opened my DNA matches, the very first person that showed up was a second cousin to me, um, that I didn't know. <laughs> and so I thought, huh, that's weird. I know most of my cousins. So that's a little bit odd, but you never know. Um, so I did a little more digging. I typed in our family last name that I grew up with. And I noticed then that I wasn't related to anybody. I knew some of my my dad's sisters had taken the test. So I knew that you know I should be matching with somebody but I wasn't matching with any of them. The only matches that I recognized were my mom's side of the family. So, you know, I was in shock, of course. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a shocking situation to be put into, um, to, to look and, and not see who you expect to see. Um, my mom and I have always had a bit of a tumultuous relationship. Um, I rebelled a lot against her. I felt that uh, she wasn't an independent woman, and I, you know, I didn't really like. The fact that she had to rely on someone to take care of her, you know, she was with my dad. So I always felt like she stayed in that abusive relationship because she didn't have anything else to fall back on. So for me, I always was the opposite of that in that I'm going to do everything independently. I don't want to rely on anyone. I don't want to get myself in one of these situations where, you know, I'm in, a, in an abusive relationship and I have no way out. Um, so my husband, when we saw the, the record of, um, you know, who my family was or who they weren't, <laughs> um, my husband said, you know, maybe before you call your mom, how about you do a bit more research? You know, I don't want you calling and getting in a fight with her um, if you don't know. So I said, okay. Um, you know, so he went to work. I was home by myself that day. And as everybody does, I started digging through Facebook looking through the records, making flow charts and lines, connecting people together, just trying to figure out exactly what I was looking at. (laughs) Um, And then I made another rookie mistake, I suppose, as most of us DNA people do, is that I started reaching out to my top matches and saying, hey, I've just discovered that my dad is not my dad. And I think maybe somebody in your family is my dad. Can you help me? You know, oh. <laughs> now when I see other people's stories, I think, oh, geez, I, they could have just turned around and said, don't ever contact us again. Um, but thankfully, um, the cousin that I reached out to, she said, oh, this is really interesting. Um, let's figure it out. So that's kind of where it started um, with trying to figure out who my dad was. Um, my next step was actually, um, I had my, my stepbrother, or I guess my half my brother and I, Um, we have connected over Facebook. I've never, I haven't met him in person yet, um, but we've connected over Facebook. And so my first message, uh, was to him to ask what his dad's name was, because I thought perhaps his father was my father, um, because I didn't know what else to do. And he shared with me the name of his dad. And I said, okay, um, no, these are not the names matching up. I of course had to share with him what was happening. Um, And he said, "No, that that doesn't match up with with my dad." So I thought, okay, it's not your dad. (laughs) Uh, So next, my next call was to my sister, um, which of course, you know, I said, "I just have to tell you this," and she was pretty shocked uh, in the moment. She's like, "I don't know, I don't know if you're right about this." And I'm like, "Well, there isn't any other possibility uh, at this time. The science doesn't lie. The DNA doesn't lie." Uh, so she decided to get an ancestry test as well because she had done the 23andMe. So she thought, "All right, I'll get the I'll get the ancestry test, and we'll see. Well, there's got to be a mistake here. We'll show up as full sisters." Um, of course, we did not. <laughs> so ne- my next call was to my mom, um, and I remember quite well. I said, "You know," she answered the phone. She said, "How you doing?" And I said, "I'm all right. I have to ask you something." And she said, "Okay." And I said, "Well, my DNA." results just came in and you know dad is not my dad and she said what well I don't know what you're talking about. That's that's crazy. No, there's no way. Your dad is your dad. I don't know what to tell you. It's wrong. And of course I said, no mom, it's not wrong. You know, I none none of dad's family members are coming up. So I know that this is not right. So you know, dad's told me in the past that I wasn't his child. You you both always denied it um but i i really would like to know uh if there's something that you're keeping from me now because now's the time um so she she said no i don't know what to tell you it's it's wrong you know i i i don't know why it's saying that so i started saying the names uh the last names that were coming up i said how about this person how about this person have you ever heard any of these last names before they all seem to be coming from the same town um which is a little town close to where we lived but uh but not the same town. And when I started naming the town and some of the names, she said, well, there might be something. And I said, okay, what is the something? You know, what are we talking about here? And she said that when her and my dad, her and my dad uh, that raised me had split up when she was 19. And it, they had only split up for a couple of months. And my mom had been, you know, with her friends in this other town And she had met a man um, and she said that she dated him for a couple of weeks, um, which didn't turn out to be the story um, that I got when I got the rest of the story. But that was the story was that she had dated him for a couple of weeks. And, you know, she she had had, you know, a a fling with him and she never saw him again. And then her and my mom, her and my dad got back together and they moved uh, from Nova Scotia to Alberta. And I was born in Alberta. So. At this point in time, you know she's she's assured me that she didn't know um, that I wasn't my dad that raised me, but you know I'd really have a hard time believing it. Uh, It's just you know you know if you've you know if you've been with more than one person that you have to know that the possibility is there. I try so hard to think you know back in that day and age. I know my grandparents didn't really talk about. Uh, sex or, you know, contraception with, with, um, with my family. So I know there may have been a lack of education there, but it's just such a hard thing to wrap your brain around. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, you know, I just don't know. So I said, okay. So she gave me the information. She said, okay, I think she said there was a man, his name was Jim McLean. I said, are you sure it was McLean? Could it have been McLeod? mcleod's coming up a lot in here but mclean is not here and she said yeah yeah it could be mclean it, it could be mcleod so i said all right well i don't have anything else to say to you right now <laughs> i need to process this so i'm going to hang up the phone and i'm going to do some research um so i hung up the phone and i reached out to um, to my cousin that was showing up in my in my ancestry and i said okay I got a little bit more information for you. She she said, I've been digging too. So she had told me that her her mom had two brothers, one that was a half brother and one that was a full sibling. So I said, I'm pretty sure then one of your uncles is my dad. And she said, okay. Well, based on the names that I said, my mom gave me this name. I'm not sure if it'll mean anything to you, but does the name Jim McLeod ring a bell? And she laughed and said, I just need to call my mom. <laughs> I said, okay. So she, uh, you know, she, she, she said, I'll be back in touch with you. So I said, okay, that's great. So not very long later, this is all still the first day. So this is still all August 30th. Um, she messages me back and she says, okay, so from what you've shared with me, I think that my uncle Jim is your dad. And Oof. I was like, heart pounding. What do I do? I don't know what to do. I'm very confused. You know, I'm going through all of the motions or not even going through the emotions. I was pretty numb at this point. So I said, okay, it was fairly late at night when she shared this with me. And she said, I'm going to, you know, my mom is going to reach out and, and uh, I'll be back in touch with you. So I said, okay, that sounds good. So the very next day in the morning, I woke up to a message from her and she said, my mom has reached out to her brother and he doesn't remember your mom at all. And I said, okay, um, maybe it's wrong. And she said, no, I don't think it's wrong though. I, you know, I don't think it's wrong. You, you came to me in this DNA for a reason. There's gotta be something here. So she said, um, he, he wants to talk to you. And I, <laughs> I thought, okay, sure. And then of course, panic risen, you know, social anxiety. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can do this. I don't know this man. Um, but I said, okay, okay, thank you. Uh, She said, "I'll get his number for you." So she got his number. She sent it to me. A couple of hours later, she got back in touch with me and said, "Um, "Jim has contacted my mom again, and he really wants to hear from you before he leaves. He's going out of town for work, and he really, really wants you to call him today." So I said, "Okay, I will do it." (laughs) So between her talking me down and my husband talking me down, I finally picked up the phone um, and I called the number. And um and I spoke to Jim for the first time and he was so friendly. Um we were both laughing and you know, we didn't know really what to say to each other. He said, I you know, can you tell me the story of your mom? So I I had gone back to my mom and asked her some details because I knew he didn't remember her. So I said, Can you give me whatever details you can you can that might jog his memory? So she gave me the story about how they met and he had to drive her home because she missed a drive. And there was a story there. So I thought, okay, he might remember this. So I shared the story with him and he said, no, honey, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry, but I, you know, I really, I have no recollection of this whatsoever. Um, but he said, my, my family has, has uh, creeped your Facebook and they took some pictures, um, that which they shared with me and, And he said, you look an awful lot like my daughters. Um, So, (laughs) so he said, I said, well, would you be willing to take a test for me? Because I really, I just really need to know the answer to this. And if it's not you, that's fine. But I really need to know. And he said, absolutely, no problem. Send me a test. I'll take it. I'm really intrigued. I'd really like to know what's happening here. So I said, okay. So I hung up the phone with him and, you know, he said, okay, well, we'll talk more when you get the results back. And I said, okay, that's great. I really didn't expect to hear from him at all. Uh, after that and um, i went on to amazon and i put a test in my cart and then i went to hit that purchase button and i just couldn't do it i i, I got cold feet and i thought i don't know if i want to know <laughs> so i thought i don't know i'm not i'm just not going to send it to him um the next day my husband said you know did you send the test and i said no um no i didn't and he said well you need to do it and i said i know but i just I'm scared. And he said, yeah, but you're going to continue to be scared until you do it. So you may as well just do it. So I sent Jim the test. Um, He got it the day he was actually leaving to go out of town. And uh, he texted me and he said, I just want to let you know the test arrived this morning. I've spit in the tube. I gave it to my wife. She's going to drop it off at the post office for me while I'm gone. And so we'll know soon. Uh, And so for the next six weeks, I think he probably called me or texted me every day. Um, He was checking in on me. He told me, even if the results came back negative, that he had, you know, so much love to give. And he was happy to take on myself and my sister, you know, knowing our dad passed away. And, you know, he was so kind. And we just had so many things in common. I just had an immediate bond with him. Um, So... Then six weeks later, it was October 14th. <laughs> I woke up in the morning and my dad was, had been in, or my, I guess my my bio dad now, had been in um, in the airport and his results had came in. And so the text that I received from him is, I'm not sure if I'm reading this correctly, but I think I have another daughter. Um, and then he followed up with a screenshot and said, I'm so happy. Yep, I'm right. I'm so happy Um to, I'm so proud that you're my daughter, and you can call me dad if you want to. Oh, um, that's sweet. It was really sweet. It was really, really sweet, uh, and he was so kind. And it's good because it, you know, it brings up all these great memories. And and I really, I haven't had a dad in my life for most of my adult life, other than you know some step in with my uncles that that definitely helped me out with things. But I just really haven't had. Um, you know, an active father figure in a really long time. And I mean, I'm a 40 years old now. I found this out two weeks before my 40th birthday. Um, and so it's not that I really necessarily needed a dad, um, but it's nice to have a dad figure that you can talk to about things. So um, so that's been really interesting for, for me, but that that's how we found out. And, you know, since that time, I've been in contact with like, three um so I have three more half sisters uh now and I also have a couple of nieces and a couple of nephews and uh so I we now have a family Facebook chat um I've talked to a couple of my sisters on the phone um one of them we haven't connected on the phone yet but we talk over text and that sort of thing so it's been really great it's been a really great experience in terms of um you know, finding out so quickly, because I know that's not the case for most people, most people take a long time or, or don't find out. Uh, So I was very fortunate that way to be able to find out uh, quickly. Um, The one thing I guess I kind of skipped over there, which I probably shouldn't is, is how I felt, um, you know, from from August thirtieth up until I want to say, maybe just a month or two ago, um, the devastation that you know that this causes somebody to one day wake up and you know and look at yourself in the mirror and all those things that you thought about yourself that you know match these family members and then you find out that no you know what you're looking for there when you look at your eyes and you think you see so and so's eyes you actually don't um, it it was it was as I've heard most a lot of people say it was an identity crisis um, I had to take a couple of months off work. I was um, thinking about changing my last name, even though I just got married. I've been thinking about changing my name on my birth certificate. Um, You know, I share a lot of family history. And and that's the weird thing is I have a living history with my BCF's family, um, but I have a family history with my bio dad. So it's been a really hard uh, road, even though it's been such a blessing for me it's been so difficult to try and sort through how I feel. And, you know, it changes you so completely that as, as many times people can say, you're the same person. Uh, He was your dad, you know, like that doesn't change. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change physically who I am, but it definitely changes emotionally who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I think that's been the hardest part is, is trying to figure out who I am now <laughs> and where I fit into all of these worlds because I'm still close to my, um, you know, my BCF family. They are my family. Um, they've all given me 100 percent support on this and and shared with me, hey, we, we want to talk to your dad, your your uh, bio dad. We'll tell him who you are. You know, we want to make sure he knows what a great person you are. And you know, they've been super great at at uh, supporting me through this. And I'm thankful for that because it hasn't been that way. Um, the support from my mom has been a little bit back and forth. Um, my mom and I have never really gotten along, and this really hasn't made that situation any better. Um, she doesn't really understand the grasp of of what's happened. Um, for example, I shared with her that you know that she had taken she had robbed me of 40 years of my life. And she said, well, I don't know how that's possible, Patrice, because I didn't know that he wasn't your dad. And I said, okay, you didn't know, or you say you didn't know, uh, but there had to be some inkling, you know? And even if, even if there wasn't, I need you to apologize for robbing me of the 40 years of my life, not telling me it didn't happen because you didn't know that that part doesn't matter to me, you know? And, and the fact that I came to, to both of my parents when I was a teenager and asked, are you sure that I'm, you know, and so many questions over the years, how do you not look at me and see that I don't look anything like my sister? I don't look anything like my dad. You know, I actually look like my my biological dad. And I actually look quite a bit uh, like my sisters. So it's been, it's been an intro. And actually, one of my sisters is, she's only a month younger than me. So she's also 40. And she turned 40 a month after me. so that's been a little bit interesting. She was always the oldest, and now I'm still the oldest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's been that's been quite interesting for me. Something I, I heard in in your podcast a couple of weeks ago that I really, really, uh, really hit home for me was uh, she had uh, one of the ladies that you were interviewing had said that she doesn't feel a hundred percent like she fits into her new family anymore, and she doesn't feel like she fits into her old family anymore, and that's exactly how I feel. You know, I love my new family; they're awesome. But there's a piece now that I don't share with them. Uh, and then my new family—you uh, know, I love them; they're so supportive. But I don't share any you know, of those family histories. I have no private jokes with them. You know, there's all of those things that that you you build as a family. I don't have those, um, and I know that we have years to you know to get there, but. But it definitely feels, you know, like I I missed out quite a bit um, on them. And and they missed out on me too, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, you were robbed of, of years. I understand
1: that completely. Yeah. And it's a hard thing too because there's no resolution. You know, there is no resolution on it. There's no way to get a resolution on it other than moving forward. But that's, it's difficult. It's difficult to move forward when you're hanging onto these old old you know wounds so what was your father's
0: marital status you think at the at the point of your conception
1: oh so yeah no no problem there at all actually my dad um the one thing so my my bio dad he um he admittedly is a bit of a was a bit of a player back in his younger days he was quite a good looking man and so uh, he was actually not in a relationship when i was conceived um and I don't think when my, my first sister, um, that's the same age as me, her as well. Uh, I think they were both kind of, um, he did end up marrying my sister's, um, my sister's mother. So he was married to her for a while. Um, and then they divorced. And he's actually um, married to his current wife now, who is the mother of my other two uh, sisters. So at the time of conception, I, he was not in a relationship. And my mother was on a break. (laughs) Got it. I understand. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. That's what
0: my, yes, same, same, same in my family.
1: Well, and it's been so odd because I, you know, especially with the amount of NPE stories in my family. So since I've, since I've now been in contact with my bio dad's family, he has quite a large family. And, you know, a few of my, a few of his sisters, my aunts have reached out to me um, and one of them she is actually an NPE as well. So she um, actually found out that she was an NPE um, when she was a teenager and she didn't meet her father um, before he passed away. And so she shared with me that through my story with her brother, um, you know, she's really been able to, one, um, have some healing for herself to be able to, you know, be instrumental in getting, Um, getting us together and and in contact with each other has been such a great thing for her. But she said, it's also brought up a lot of, you know, a lot of sad memories that she didn't get that closure, um, you know, with her own dad. So there's been so many NPEs uh, in our story. You know, my dad is an NPE. Um, His dad was an NPE as well. Um, And so we all kind of discovered all of this at the same time, Um, and then my, my grandparents, um, on my bio dad's side of the family, they were actually both adopted. So it actually makes it quite difficult for us to go any further back, um, you know, than my grandparents, because there's all these names that are showing up, but with people being adopted and then NPEs thrown in the mix, it's very difficult to actually track down where your family comes from.
0: Yeah, really? Yeah, Mm -hmm. everyone family tree especially if they're mpes then last names are wrong and just a host of confusion exactly people
1: putting you know people putting their married names instead of their um, you know in their maiden names and that sort of thing has caused some issues and then of course people just not wanting to admit the truth <laughs> either uh, you know that kind of plays into there sometimes with who people are listed my sister had a really hard time um, my sister that i grew up with she actually had a really hard time when her ancestry results came back because she said, okay, um, well, I guess it's true because you're coming up as, you know, we were sharing about 1800 uh, centimorgans. So we knew that for sure. Then we were half sisters. And she said, I really don't want to change my tree to say that you're my half sister. Do you, do you really want me to? And <laughs> I said, I know you don't want to do it for an emotional reason, um, you know, but for records, I think it's important. You know, if you do find out one of these discoveries, I think it's important to go back and correct the records because, you know, a hundred years from now, if our if our off, offspring are looking for information, then we want to at least have this, the most information in there that we can, so that they can follow their their uh, their stories. Yeah. And are you documenting this? I thought I read that you were yes. a, <laughs> a writer. I am writing a book. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So I've been writing a book uh, now for a few months. And so I'm about halfway through the book so far. Um, and I keep kind of going back and editing it and changing it a little bit. I just, I felt uh, I'm a reader anyway, so I'm always devouring information. And when this came about, you know, it was a really hard struggle to find people like me. I thought that I was alone. I didn't, you know, I thought this must be the first time this has ever happened, you know, just as so many of us do. And uh, so I started, I started Googling, um, you know, dad is not my dad. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. kind of how it started. Um, And I found a couple of videos um, and it was interviews. And so then from the interviews, I was able to find the Facebook groups. And then from the Facebook groups, I was actually able to find your podcast and doing all of that research. For me, and realizing what lack of information there really is out there, unless you're in the situation and you've been in it a while and, you know, you're a part of the groups so that you actually see the information, it was difficult to find anything. So I thought, you know, the best way for me to heal uh, for myself and possibly to help somebody else heal is just by sharing my story. So, you know, coming on here and and being able to share my story this way and also writing a book, um, which has been so therapeutic for me to to just write it down and keep a record. I know that you know we forget things over time and so if I can put it all down on paper and you know my children can read it, um, you know my new family can read it. And, and people that are in our situation that are new NPEs and they don't really know what to do and you know they just need to hear somebody else's story so they realize that they're not alone because I think that was the hardest part is feeling so alone and having nobody. Uh, in my life that could understand how I was feeling.
0: Well, I can't wait to read it because I know I was devouring any piece of information I could get when I found out I was exactly. an NPE. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I grabbed, you know, Danny Shapiro's Inheritance, which yes. <laughs> is an NPE story. It is donor conceived. And I was certainly looking for um, more NPE stories to read. So I'm, I'm glad you're writing it down. I'm glad you're documenting this.
1: You know, it, I, I just think it's important and it's going to become a bigger thing. The same thing is, you know, therapy was the same. Uh, I'm really hoping that, um, you know, that the medical world, they start looking at mental health in terms of, you know, what kind of unique experiences that we have that we need help with. Because when I went to a therapy appointment after I found out um it was so unhelpful. I, you know, I sat down and I said, okay, I'm here. I, I had seen her a couple of times before, so she wasn't new to me, but I you know, shared my story with her. And just as I started sharing my story, she put her pen down and she looked at me and then she just looked at me with this sad expression on her face for the rest of the meeting. She just kept saying, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, she didn't write anything down. She had no advice for me. Um, you know, it was, it was really, it made me feel really frustrated. And at the end of it, she said, I, I, I'm sensing that you're, you're, you're not feeling anything good about this meeting. And I said, well, no, because, you know, I'm here to ask you what to do or how, how to process this in a healthy way. And, um, and you, you know, you're, you just seem to pity me right now and that's not really helping me. I don't need pity. Um, and yeah. she said, okay, well, I've got a, I've got a, I've got something for you then. And I said, okay, great. What what are we doing? She said, well, I'm going to get you to do this visualization. And I said, okay, that's great. Let's do it. And so she said, close your eyes. And so I closed my eyes and she said, I want (laughs) this. This is not a lie. She said, I want you to imagine that you're a tree. (laughs) And I said, okay. (laughs) And she said, so you're this tree and you've got all these roots and you've got all these branches that mean all these things to you. And I want you to visualize who's on the trees and what's important to you. And I could just feel that I was getting more and more upset with this. And finally, I said, "Okay, I, I you know, I, I, don't, I can't do this anymore." And she said, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Well, I'm here to talk to you today about the fact that I don't know who my family tree is, and you want me to visualize a tree. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it's not helpful. It's actually detrimental to my healing right now. So, so we kiboshed that pretty quickly, but." it was pretty interesting. And as soon as I said it, she said, Oh, geez, that that really probably wasn't the best route, hey? (laughs) No, it wasn't. So, you know, I'm I'm really hoping that the, you know, mental health catches up, because as people are doing these DNA tests, there are more and more people, people like us. Um, You know, even from when I joined the group, I think last year, there's probably two or 3000 more people uh, in the group than there was then even, and that was just a few months ago. So um, I'm really hoping that something changes there. But the book is, uh, yeah, I think helpful. I read the Darian Shapiro book as well, and you know, any other thing I could get my hands on. Um, somebody that you interviewed had made a, a funny comment about a, a book um, that was like Beetlejuice. Uh, you know, the the guide to or the brand new guide to being an NPE. And I thought, now well, there's a good book title. I, I hope she I hope she does that because I think uh-huh. it would be an excellent book to read
0: i know who you're talking about yes
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) well you need to make light of it if you don't make light of it you know you go crazy and and that's kind of where i'm at right now is that i make jokes um when i talk to my my bio dad um, you know we text or video chat or or whatever you know i make jokes to him about being a ladies man and and things like that and you know and it's just uh i mean we we definitely share personality in terms of it's It's funny because they you know people say that all the time that I never really fit in with my family. Um, I didn't really feel like I always felt like the odd one out. My family at home, I always felt like the odd one out between my sister and I. Um, you know, I always felt like my parents favored my sister, and I always thought it was because I was rebellious and I was rebellious because I needed to be, you know, to protect myself from what was happening in our house it's weird that, you know, I didn't really ever feel like I fit in in my household. And I always felt like the odd person out. But yet, where I felt most comfortable was with my birth certificate dad's uh family. And I still feel, um, you know, the biggest connection with them. They we keep in touch, I go visit them, you know, every year. Um I consider you know, I'm very close with, with that side of the family. And so it's been really funny that the the one side of the family that I'm super close to is actually the side of the family that I actually share no relation to. Um, and so we find little jokes in there. When I, when I called my cousin and told her, she was like, Oh, you know, that's really, that's upsetting. And we're going back and forth. And then she just stops right in the middle. And she says, wait a minute. Does that mean we're not related? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, well, I mean, biologically, no, but you know, I'm still your cousin, you know, that's not going to change anything. You're, we're still family. Um, but once I met my birth certificate, uh, father, um, well over chat, COVID has kind of, you know, stopped us from actually getting, getting to meet each other so far. Um, but once I started talking to him, I realized who I am like, and it's so amazing to me, you know, that whole nature versus nurture um, that I am so incredibly like my, my bio dad. Uh, we have a similar sense of humor. We like to do the same things. Uh, we both talk over each other all the time because we have so much to say. <laughs> and I actually have his eyes always staring at myself wondering, who do I look like? Um, and now... Um, meeting you know them over over video chat and over the phone i realized how much you actually have in common with people that even though you weren't raised with them you, you know you share dna um, and that's been really interesting i did a we did a family video chat uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was myself my bio dad and a couple of my siblings and my dad had turned the camera a little bit and his wife thought actually that i was her other daughter, (laughs) my sister. So yeah, she said, Oh, I thought that was Courtney, (laughs) but it was actually me and my mom, the same thing. She had, she pulled it. I gave, I sent her a picture of one of my sisters and she had sent it to my aunt and my aunt said, Oh, a picture of Patrice. And she said, no, that's, that's actually Patrice's sister. So um, that's been really cool. That's been really interesting. Now it's just the the part of getting us all together. Um, They live in Ontario, which is, if you're familiar with Canada, we live in more on the west side and they live uh, closer to the east side. And so we're really hoping this summer, once you know restrictions are lifted, um, that we're going to get to finally meet in person. Um, and I'm super excited, but I'm, I'm also really nervous for it. <laughs>
0: oh, no, no doubt. Yeah, it would be very exciting, but very, ooh, yes. Yes. Scary at yeah. the same time meeting your new family.
1: Well, then I try so hard to, you know, to, um, you know, to not give too much. And I'm going to pull back here. And I, you know, I don't want to, I, I tend to be, you know, I like to talk a lot. And I, you know, I can, I can be uh, a lot sometimes. And so I'm always thinking to myself did, did I go too far there? They don't know me yet. They don't know my personality. You know, I don't want to get, you know, all excited and then, you know, and and not work out. But so far, I don't think that's, you know, I really don't think that's going to happen. The family has been super open um, to getting to know me. And I've been really fortunate for that because I know that a lot of people, you know, including yourself, have not been in that situation. And, uh, and I hope that it, you know, it helps to hear other people's stories and, because sometimes, you know, you see in our group that sometimes a year or two later, somebody will finally reach out and say, you know, I wasn't ready back then, but I'm ready now. And and I think that's that's something that we as NPEs need to be mindful of, that everybody is not in the same frame of mind that we are uh, when we discover uh, what's happening. And we need to yeah. we need to allow other people to have the time that they need to process, um, you know, before they reach a decision. Um yeah, it's, it's a tough one because uh, I don't understand what, how anybody could ever deny somebody in this situation. You know, I I, I wouldn't be that person. Um, and it's unfortunate that some people are that way.
0: But that's a very good point is that some people just need some processing time.
1: I understand. They really do. You know, they just need a little bit of extra time to, to sort through it and to figure it out, especially when there's those situations of, you know, the person was already married at the time and, you know, and there was an affair, or, or whatever the case is, we, we never know what, a, what somebody else is experiencing. And, you know, maybe they just had a death in their family, and they're not ready to deal with another new piece of information, whatever that information may be. I always try to give out the advice to, to, you know, to new people when I see it on the in the groups, just saying, like, take your time, you know, don't go to anger, don't go to billboards right yet, you know, you want to just give them time first. And, you know, and maybe just reach out and say, you know, how much time do you need? Uh, Although I know sometimes, you you know, you just get no answer there at all. Um, It's been, it's been an interesting situation in terms of, of my mom. Um, So my mom actually, something I forgot to share with you, my mom actually um, sent my, my bio dad uh, a message on Facebook and, um, you know, so he called me and he said, uh, I was at work and I got a call from my bio dad a couple of months ago. And he said, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay. And he said, your mom has reached out to me on Facebook. And I thought, Oh, <laughs> this can't be good. Um, <laughs> I said, what did she say? And he said, well, she tried to add me as a friend and, uh, my, and my dad actually just recently, my, my bio dad. Now I'm, I'm actually starting to call him dad. Now it's, I've called him a, a few different things. We started with Jim, then it was, um, then I was calling him daddy and bio dad. And now I feel like we've built up enough relationship that I, I feel pretty comfortable calling him dad at this point. So, so that's what I call him. Um, and he said, uh, he said well your mom sent me a message and she said she just wanted to apologize uh, you know for the the hassle I, I don't know if it was hassle but it was a word you know it was a it wasn't a very positive word um, sorry about the hassle that we've caused you you know with this and I'm really sorry about that and and Patrice is really mad at me and uh, you know I just don't really know how to deal with it and um, I was pretty upset you know I called her and I said look you know if you don't need to have a relationship with him. Um, He's not interested in having a relationship with you. He's a married man. Um, You know, no, I don't think that you were, you know, trying to, you know, hit on him or put the moves on him, but he doesn't, he wants a relationship with me, but he doesn't necessarily need a relationship with you. And so I would appreciate it if you don't reach out to him any longer. And uh, she didn't respond to me. I had sent her a message on Facebook and, she didn't respond. And then I sent her another message and I said, I'm not sure if you got my message, but just checking. And she said, yes. Uh, one thing I'd like to ask you. And then she put all in capitals. Was this your decision or his? <laughs> and I thought, okay, mom, this is where we're going to go. All right. Cause everything is, you know, about my mom and she's always been that way. And, and that's just who she is. <laughs> and uh, so I said, actually it's both of us. So um A couple of days after that, uh, so she stopped messaging him. A couple of days after that, she sent him, neither one of them really know how to do Facebook very well, but sent him one of those funny stickers that is like, I love you with a big heart around it. Um, She sent that to him after the conversation. So he called me again and I said, oh gosh, I'm so embarrassed. But it turns out she didn't, she didn't know what she was doing. She sent okay. it to everybody. I was like, oh, please don't tell me she's trying to, you know, cause That's hassle. Good. And and that was my concern. I said, mom, you know, you've had me for 40 years in your life. This is a new experience for me. I need to do this on my own. I don't need you involved in it. If at any point he wants to talk to you about me, then by all means, but I don't think you should be reaching out to him on, on your own. You know, you guys had a one night stand. That's what it turned out to be. Um, you know, he remembered her eventually and he said, yeah, it was, it was a one night thing. And I thought, I thought that's what I thought. (laughs) Um, and so now she doesn't, you know, she doesn't reach out to him now, but, um, her and I have not really had much of a relationship at all since, since I've figured this out because, I'm just too angry, you know, I maybe eventually I will feel differently, but right now I just I can't nothing good will come from it. Um, and it, the the comments that she makes sometimes I feel are um, belittling or you know con- not, not condescending, I guess, but she just doesn't understand the impact of what she has done to me and until she does that and is able to to not give me excuses as to why it happened you know, I don't need that. I just need her to say, this is what I did. And I'm, you know, I'm very sorry. And I almost wish that she would lie to me at this point. I almost wish that she would tell me that she knew so that I didn't have this unknown because that is so hard for me to wrap my brain around as a, you know, as a woman, uh, you know, to, to think if I, you know, if I had sex with somebody, I'm going to know who the father of my child is. And, you know, I, I mean, I have two kids, <laughs> I know who their dads are and, you know, and that's mm-hmm. it. And, um, so that's been hard and I wish she would lie <laughs> and that sounds yeah. terrible, but, uh, but I, at least it would give me a sense of closure. Like, okay, she did know I can be mad, but then I can forgive. And without knowing the truth, um, it's been really hard to forgive. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We-
0: Especially when, yeah, no, I understand exactly when when your mom won't admit or acknowledge or validate or be at all remorseful. That's exactly at,
1: it. You know, it, and it's not it. about, you know, it's just about validating, I think, for the most of it. It's just validating that I feel this way, regardless of how it makes you feel. You know, yeah. if I hurt someone, it's not about, you know, it, it, I can say to them, yeah, okay, but I didn't mean to hurt you. But well, you still did. You know, the perception is there. And so that's what I need from her is the validation. Um, and, and I'm not sure that I'll ever get it. Um, so that's been, that's been a hard one for me. Um, you know, it's, it's been difficult with the lack of closure from, you know, both of my parents, my dad passed away while we were, my, my birth certificate father passed away while we were estranged. So I never really, I was held on to the hope that when he stopped drinking, that he would be in our lives and that you know, my, my kids would know their grandfather. Uh, My oldest knows, you know, who his grandfather that, you know, the man that raised me, um, my dad, I guess (laughs) my oldest knows who he is and remembers him, but my youngest who is 14, um, he doesn't remember him at all. He he met him a few times, but he, he doesn't really know him at all. So um, that was, it was kind of surprising. I talked to my, my son on the phone the other day, he's visiting, visiting his dad. And, and I said, oh, I think we're going to go to Ontario in the summer to, to meet uh, my bio dad. Um, you want to come? And he said, uh, he said, well, yeah, mom. He's my only living grandparent. And I thought, or my only living grandfather. And I thought, wow, you are right. He is your only living grandfather. But it's, that, that's been another thing for me, too, is realizing that this discovery doesn't only affect me, but it affects my whole family. My kids now have a grandfather and aunts and uncles and a uh, step-grandma that they don't know about and and other cousins. So I think it'll be more real for them. Um, You know, it's been quite real for me and it's taken up a lot of my time in the last year um, because I've been obsessed over it. But for my kids, they're boys, they're teenagers, you know, they're like, oh, that's cool. But I don't think they've really grasped onto the idea of it. And I don't think they will until they meet. And they meet the family. Yeah, I get
0: that. That would Mm -hmm. be a lot until it's more tangible.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If people would like to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Um, They can actually reach out out to me. um, I have an email account. So it's NPE Patrice. So it's NPE P-A-T-R-I-C-E at gmail.com. Uh, And you can also find me in the Facebook groups. Uh, My last name, uh, my name on uh, Facebook is Patrice Laruzic. So it's um, L-A-R-U-S-I-C. And I'm in all of the the Facebook groups. So you can reach out to me through uh, private message or by email, uh, whatever's most comfortable. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it feels good to to get it out, and you know, like I said, if if one person can identify with me and and uh, you know either reach out or or you know just listening to my story, if it helps somebody, then you know then I've done my job, and and uh, it's a part of my healing process as well.
0: Thanks again to Patrice for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.